2: This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local. So, you're feeling all caught up with all your work there, John? Are you kidding?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Every time I joke, (laughs) yeah. Every every time I get three things done, six more show up on my desk. That's. I've been telling people recently that I feel like one of those people in the old time circus that have like 16 different plates or spinning on little sticks and they have to try to keep them all spinning at the same time to make sure they don't fall. That's my life right now. But I like
2: it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 addictive as long as you can keep your energy up. I, uh, I I've had a few days where I've been like, oh, my God, I just need to shut down. But then they just pile up then. Right. Just yeah. It's, it's, it's not like it. the
3: stuff goes away if you ignore it. Right damn it no
2: <laughs> um anyway it's 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 good though right we're busy that's a good thing so yes very true nothing worse than being bored I remember those days but but the was, problem
3: is with you and i both being busy sometimes it's hard to get this show done which is bo- which bothers me Excuse ditto me.
2: ditto yeah, yeah. That, that sucked last week so
3: i'm glad we're
2: back on here and and i hope uh our listeners enjoyed the last show, which had some 101 content. Uh, we're making an effort to add some more. We're going to have some more in there today too. So, but first, as in last week or last show, the news. So we're going to start off with the Eish files. I should do it right away. The Eish
3: files. Didn't um, we talk about that? Come on.
2: <laughs> I can't help. Oh, yeah, it wasn't a very good one anyway. It's not as good as the Mueller one. I'll get to that. All right, so first, uh, this is a Google crawl budget. Now, <laughs> crawl budget, actually, I, I I'll let you uh, quickly explain what that is there, John. So, what we've known anyway.
3: Yeah, I, I hate that phrase. So, if you think about a budget, that's how much money you have, and it's you, you need to make sure you need to go to this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing, right? So, you, you have your money allocated across all the things you need to spend it on. Well, a crawl budget is basically the same thing, but the pages of your websites are the things you need money spent on. And the crawl that the Google spiders is actually crawling your sites. You need to make sure there's enough time for that that bot or enough direction or enough, you know whatever it is, to make sure that all the different pieces of your site are getting crawled. And Google will only spend so much time on your site, so you got to make sure that you understand how that bot is getting into your site and what pages it's finding and how to help it skip the pages it doesn't need to be on and make sure it hits the pages it's supposed to be on, those kind of things.
2: Well, that monetary analogy just burned, didn't it? It did. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So uh, the idea, the raw idea is, yeah, essentially that the the crawl budget is, is you've only got a certain amount of, of opportunity for Google to crawl your pages. You better make sure they do it to the right pages. Well, um, uh, Gary Eish, our, our new poor substitute for Matt Cutts, uh, although no, no offense to Eish, he's doing a good job. It's just Matt was a... He
3: was a he was a good guy. And, and before we go in, just just to, to, to sidetrack here for a second, in case you haven't heard, Matt has officially left Google. He's no longer on hiatus. <laughs> he is gone. Um, he, he what's the what's the di- government agency he works for? He went to work for the government agency in digital something. It's digital uh, security. I, I digital think digital security, and he became director. He's pretty high up in the agency for a short term. Well, apparently the head of the agency was a political appointment. One of the new administration, the head of the agency basically lost his job because it was a political appointment. Matt Cutts took over. So Matt Cutts is now the head of the entire agency for digital security for the United States. Um, Whether he gets to keep that job if if our new administration puts in a new political appointee, I don't know. But at the moment, it's Mr. Cutts. I didn't
2: didn't know he was. I know he had a high one, but I didn't realize he was the top.
3: He um, took, he, he's, he's the head of it right now. Temp- he's the acting head, we should say, until they they decide whether or not they're going to put a new political appointee in there. But yes. with, with the idea that that the new administration has frozen all federal hiring, so they're not allowed to hire anybody anyway, maybe he's going to keep the job longer than he expected. Okay, here it is. On December 31st, 2016, I resigned
2: from Google. I'm currently serving as Director of Engineering for the USDS. That's the U.S. Digital Service. Mikey Dickerson, the first administrator of the USDS, is a political appointee, so he'll step down on Inauguration Day. When that happens, I'll serve as acting administrator of the the USDS. The work that the USDS does is critical to the American people, and I'm honored to continue the tradition. Pretty cool. Wow. Yep. Oh, they're lucky to have him he's a, he's a, he must be a lot of fun to work with he's w- right as all say, help.
3: yeah i will say this i bet his agency is going to rank really well on google <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't already come on yes exactly
2: <laughs> um in any case um, yeah so that was a bit of a tangent but well well worth it um anyways uh, gary eish has posted an article on google crawl budget sort of the uh, well, it's massive. <laughs> to put it simply, it's, it's 32 pieces of 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 our points that were noted in in significant detail, and you can find it. Uh, I'm sure on many places. The places. The place I found it was on the SEM post. Of course, uh, it's just an awesome site. Anyways, um, he really gets into sort of dispelling some of the notions that are false about crawl budgets and i do highly recommend reading it we didn't quite realize it was that long so i can't exactly summarize
3: it um well well, there's there's a lot of interesting thing here i know it's all about it's it's all about crawl budget but if you look at some there's a big table of contents table of contents has what like 32 sections but some of the sections have like six or seven subsections so there's a lot (laughs) here but some of it he's talking about things very specifically like Health of the site matters. Is the name of one. Site speed, um, popularity matters. Um, site moves. He's very specifically talking about what, what, how this relates to site moves. Um, you know, crawl priorities. There's lots of things in here that could be very. Interesting knowledge, canonical and crawl budget, how do canonicals work with it, those kind of things. So it's, it's, it's definitely worth reading. I know I'm going to take the time and read the whole thing at some point. Well, uh, it's certainly
2: critical for for companies like uh, the yours. And, and I want to sort of preface all this. For most of the listeners, this probably won't have any impact on you. And I'll, I'll just quote something that Gary wrote here. First, it is important to note that not all site owners will be impacted to crawl budget issue by crawl budget budget issues for the most part, sites with four thousand or fewer URLs generally won't have crawl budget issues and for sites that run in the millions, crawl budget can be an issue that needs careful consideration and management so yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. get four thousand URLs a week <laughs> I thought it would be per day, but yeah that''s, that's a week makes sense though yeah yeah. <laughs> It's uh you yeah you've got a few sites there so it makes sense. Um, in any case, yeah, I mean, crawl budgets always been something you've kept in mind, I'm sure.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's definitely sections of our site that are not nearly as important for us from a crawling and indexing perspective as others, and if we have limited availability of those crawlers, we want to make sure they go to the right place.
2: Now, curious, uh, do you control that through um, sitemaps?
3: Um, we have a number of different styles of sitemap. We do use, um, there's there's different sitemaps. So there's Google News sitemaps. So we have specific night sitemaps for our news content and editorial content, and we have other sitemaps for our non-editorial content. So, yes, we, we do use that. Um, pretty exclusively on the news side is really the sitemaps are one of the, the most important tools we have as far as uh, making sure that the, the new content published every day is getting crawled um, as quickly and as, and as effectively as we want it to be. Absolutely.
2: Mm, I bet. Okay, very cool. Well, um, that was, the, you know, so as much as we could fit in here really because it is a huge article. Um, I'm going to go take a look at it and because and, obviously I've got a few clients that are big enough to warrant this concern. But I think... A fair amount of you uh, listening, or let's say 50%, let's guess, are going to be fine, not have to worry about this. Other ones, uh, I do suggest taking a second and reading this. Again, uh, the, the, the title is Google Crawl Budget, What SEOs Need to Know About Googlebot
3: Crawling. So and here here's a little tidbit that I just I just clicked through because I was curious what they were going to say. So there's a section here about site moves, right? The first sentence of this this paragraph is great information. First sentence is Google tends to crawl a site with higher frequency if a site move has taken place. That's that's just a really interesting note, and that includes things they go going to say like switching to HTTPS. That's considered a site move right? Significant structure change is considered a site move to them. So there's enough stuff in there to really help you understand what's going on. I think this is going to be a great article.
2: It is. Yeah. And I've also got something out of that too. The fact that uh, um, Google is being quite vocal about wanting to ensure that sites switching to secure or HTTPS are crawled by Googlebot as quickly as possible. So more site owners will make sure or make the secure switch. That's good to hear. Mm -hmm. And something that makes good sense, it's nice when they follow
3: the sense factor. (laughs) Um, It's always good. So you got to wonder, though, is is how long do they keep that higher frequency in place? So they they detected a site move or you went into Webmaster Tools, excuse me, search. No, I'm going to say Webmaster Tools. (laughs) And you told me now it's starting to get into your head. It's it's. I, I talk to too many clients, and I got to use the, the the real term when I talk to clients because they'll get confused <laughs> now. But but if you go in there, there's a tool that helps you identify site moves to Google, right? You can go into there, there's a site move tool. Are they relying on that tool? Or are they identifying it independently? And once they identify or are notified of a site move, and they improve the crawl frequency, and they make it higher. How long does that last? Right? There's still questions in my mind. Not for sure, they're not. It's definitely good to have all this extra information
2: yeah you know over the next this year is going to be the year of the the secure site switch or change over we're going to be doing it for so many clients in fact we're trying to put together packages for it because it's going to be extensive And some sites it's going to be more difficult than others and yep. there's a lot to remember It's a it's a huge checklist i mean a lot of people say oh this guy's easy well no if you've done it right, <laughs> you, there's a lot of things you could miss and a lot of things you can screw up. So I'm nervous about it, actually. I want to make sure we don't miss a thing. But uh, I, I'm sure we'll be schooled a couple times.
3: <laughs> you'll, you'll learn as you go at your client's expense. I mean, you'll just learn no, as hey, you go.
2: Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no, no. We get it fast. We'll, get, we'll pick it up fast. All right. So um, I think. Uh, no, wait, I wait, I have a question. Hold on. Oh. Is StepForth.com secure yet? No. Ours See, is there one of the go. first to be done. You could do it on yours and then your oh, audience will come back. That
2: is exactly expense. the plan. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't dare do that with my clients the first time. It gives me the chills. Anyway, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some Mueller files.
1: SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you have cold,
0: hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm.
1: visit Fjordigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's G-E-Digital.com.
0: Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? studies show that companies waste 25 percent of their ppc spend on average the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com can show you how to make your adwords account a lean mean converting machine whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level we have a class for you contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com
1: jamming and spamming cashing in the clicks SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session.
2: Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., Now, some Mueller files. Google is going to be notifying sites about mobile-first possible issues in Search Console. Now, you read this. John, why don't you fly with us?
3: Yeah, basically, this was part of one of Mueller's um, hangouts that he did. And someone asked the question about, you know, how are we going to know if we have issues with mobile-first? And basically, the quote was, um, we will inform people when we get closer. When we actually have a date, so they're, they're they're going to let people know if they see potential issues between the desktop and the mobile um, in, search, in search console. Dang, I just want to say webmaster tools so bad, but he called <laughs> it search console, so I have to. <laughs> um, but what really got me about this this whole article was that quote was when we get closer, when we actually have a date. So that's interesting that there's going – it's not going to be a gradual rollout to make things mobile first. It's going to be a a date when something is going to happen that all of a sudden mobile first is going to take effect, right? That to me was pretty telling. Now, whether or not it stays that way, who knows? But that's one of the things I took out of that conversation more than anything was they don't even have a date and they are going to have a specific date. Hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it is interesting. And I, I have no idea when it's going to be. I think they said closer to the end of the first quarter, but I guess time yeah. will tell. Uh, it'll, be not, not been exactly it'll be not being exactly good with their dates.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, hopefully it'll be not long after people start getting notification in Webmaster Tools about issues. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
3: All right. So in uh, the last show, we talked about
2: mobile interstitials. And those, to quickly recap, are the pop-ups you see when you're on your phone and you go to a page and it says, whatever, it might say uh, some sort of an ad that you have to click to close before you see the content that you were trying to see. Google has frowned upon those and has said that there is now going to be a penalty of sorts, whereby if you have them and they are too large, they take over the screen, uh, you're going to see some impact on rankings. So mm-hmm. questions have
3: come up over time.
2: Uh, and and it,
3: uh, yeah. has, it com- has it completely rolled out? Do we know that for sure? Because I know it was rolling out as of January 10th. It's been a couple of weeks now. Do we know it's 100% rolled out? I haven't seen anything from anybody saying, yes, it's done.
2: No, I haven't heard anything about 100%, but I have heard that it's it's uh, there's been some improvements uh, for people who have responded to issues. So, I mean, that tells me they've gone through a couple of times on some sites.
3: Okay. That's um, good to know.
2: Yeah. So, questions have come up, as they always do, from us SEOs. Um, people are wondering, how big can they be? <laughs> everyone's trying to push the <laughs> limits, right? Uh, and John Mueller, typically, as you'd expect him to say, said, well, we don't really want to tell you how big they can be because we know that you're going to follow the maximum. You're going to make, everyone's going to be the same pixel size. Um, that said, he did recommend looking at the Safari app banner as an example of something that is appropriate. Now, I, I really have no idea what that is. Uh, I don't use Safari, but I...
3: So the Safari app banner, if it's other things that I've seen that they've said is appropriate, sometimes you'll get a little banner that drops down at the top of the screen that if you have like my phone, I've got the larger iPhone 7. And it's maybe three quarters of an inch of the, the screen from the top. And it's just a little thing saying, you know, do you want to download the mobile app or something like that with a, with a, a call to action? It's very small compared to the size of the screen. It sits at the top right above it, and you can close it pretty easily. If that's the same thing that he's talking about, it's pretty small as far as the banner goes.
2: There you go. Okay.
3: Well, another thing
2: that's being affected, and I thought this was quite interesting, and you know, huge kudos again to the SCM Post. Uh, it's one of our best resources. I've, I find it fantastic. Anyway, the, a lot all this info is from them, so keep we it up, Jen. Get Jennifer,
3: we should get her on the show, actually.
2: You're right. Uh, we've said that a few times with a few people. We've really just got to get around to it, don't we? Uh, <laughs> we? We need an assistant to do all our scheduling for us. That's yes, what we need. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we can hire one of those VAs. There you go. Anyway, one of the uh, issues are language selector pop-ups. People were wondering, obviously, they can be pretty critical to a site uh, for at least older sites that haven't adapted. And uh, and we'll get to that. But they'd asked John about this, and he said, yes, language selector pop-ups are considered interstitials and should be managed as such. He recommends using the hreflang to handle this type of targeting automatically or switch to a banner style instead which Amazon apparently does well. Uh, again, another one I haven't seen, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently it has a pretty decent one.
3: Is that still an issue with with a lot of the Canadian websites where you have to choose between English and French?
2: I don't. I don't see that very often. No, most okay. of the time I think they know that I'm English based on yeah.
3: the choice. The choices from my um, it, my browser, right? It used to be a long time. The First thing you always saw for a Canadian site was that choice. Yeah. Yeah,
2: But now, of course, it's built into the browser, so I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Um, and I guess that, you know that's what the hreflang is doing for you, right? So mm-hmm. that's good. Um, anyways, update if you have that issue. Um, the next one, uh, these are issues that simply because, well, from a legal issue, they're rather important. Age verification to use. Uh, so warning people that cookies are going to be used, they have to approve it, that kind of thing. And also age verification, they have to qualify that they are of a certain age before seeing content. Yeah, That'd be pretty bad if they made those uh, bad news. <laughs> A few yeah. sites out there, I imagine
3: kids shouldn't see. But how, how easy how easy would that be for Google to help identify porn sites to pull them out of the index, though? Right by by flagging those age verification interstitials and treating them just like any other one. Uh, must be another Matt cuts out there manually yeah. surfing them. <laughs> Yeah, now you're going to have to explain that reference to the people. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> Back in the day, when Matt cuts started, he was doing that by hand. His job was to look at the, go through the porn sites and look for the ones that were uh, breaking the rules. You should be saving for the future, but
0: savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Savevesting. And it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today.
3: Yes, yeah, his first job at Google was to help refine the, the porn identification algorithm. And he, he tells a story about his his, his cubicle when it was right side, right outside of the down the hall, from you have to walk past him to get to Larry and Sergey's offices, and they'd have big wigs coming in Larry and Sergey, and they'd walk right past Matt Cutts' desk where he's surfing porn sites <laughs> <laughs> on the clock. Yep. Yeah, on oh, the clock.
2: His poor wife got home a little disturbed at that. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, she might have liked the, the, the after effect. Yeah, maybe,
2: maybe. Oh, dear God, let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, he, um, he had quite the job there. Anyway, apparently he excelled at it, and that's why he was
3: mo- promoted. <laughs> and now he's in charge of United States digital security. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I'm sure he doesn't see any porn there. Uh, no, I'm
3: sure not. <laughs> you're ready to get off
2: topic. All right, so let's uh, talk about how to build authority. One hundred and one. So, but what's authority? Yes. What is authority? Well, it's 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 not that local cop. It's it's your authority. It's the person you are to other people. When they let's just think about it in real life. Uh, do you have authority? Are you a kind of person when they think about you, you? Think, well, this person's an authority on this subject, are um, because you're obviously very knowledgeable about it. You've talked about it before, uh, very confidently. Uh, you, you're you just the person that people go to if they have a question about a specific subject. Well, that's that's in real life, that's foot-to-pavement kind of uh, interaction. Well, the thing is, uh, that same thing is what Google looks for online. It's it's, it's looking to determine if you're an authority on a particular, particular subject, and it looks at a variety of different signals to figure that out, uh, some of which we can only guess, but uh, we're good at guessing. So,
3: <laughs> so but, but let's take that a step further. Because if we go back to the, the days of the Google Zoo, as David Harry likes to call it, and we look back at the pigeon update, remember the pigeon update? Really mm-hmm. focused on local. But one of the things that came out of the pigeon update, one of the more important things to me, was there there all of a sudden became a fairly clear, defined line between topical authority and ge- geo, ref- geo or location authority. On websites. So you, you almost had to look at okay, what's my authority related to the topics that I cover on my website or my products and services or what, whatever, but also what's my authority related to where I'm located, especially if I have a physical location or a business and, and I'm targeting a specific area. Those ended up being two separate types of authority that you almost had to manage separately.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, we, we can definitely dive into the aspects of all the different types of authority. I agree. It's, it's, uh, A rabbit hole, at least in terms of Mm -hmm. what we expect it is. Um, So, (sighs) content is king. What do you think of that, John? I hate that phrase, and you (laughs) know it. (laughs) Got to bait you. Okay. (laughs) Yes, I do. Why don't you explain
3: why you hate that? Because everyone's heard it. So, and I, I have actually pitched two years in a row now. I've pitched a session at Content Marketing World. with The name of the session is Content is Not King. It's Core. Right. Because if you think about content, you know, I I relate. if you think about content as a king, well, a a king is born into their position. They inherit their authority. They inherit their lands. They don't work for anything. And there's only one of you. Right. There's only one king in a land content is not born into anything you have to build its authority you have to build the trust in that content and it's it's more like a a local community councilman than a king because it's only really relevant to the people that know about it right and there's so many pieces of content on the same exact subject online there's no way you can create there's no way you can create a piece of content about a 401k program right now that's unique and different from the 10,000 other pieces of content out there on 401k programs so just by saying content is king it's not it by any means it's core you've got to have it and it's got to be there and it's got to be great content But that's not the only thing that matters. There's so many other things that have to happen to that content to make it perform. And authority is one of those things. Absolutely.
2: So there there. (laughs) Well said. Well said.
3: Okay. So uh,
2: content is not king. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, It's core. It is core. It is core, core, though. Yes. But everyone likes to call it king. I mean, it's just sorry. That's probably why you weren't brought on. Everyone's
3: like, no, I want to call it king. I know. Anyway, I mean, you, you can't go to content marketing world and tell them content isn't the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like that at all. I'm, no, I'm just no. at that.
2: <laughs> You're offending their sensibilities. Okay, so uh, it is core. Well, if content is core, then the, the, it really comes down to what we're talking about here in building authority. Uh, there's different types of content, though. You've got to keep that in mind. There's various types of media. Um, um, and really what it comes down to, this is how I like to approach it. I think Everyone's got their own way, but I like to research the market. I call them authority building plans. That's what we do here at Stepworth as part of our job. But um, what I do is I look at competitors and, and not direct competitors, not the ones in your local market. Although I'm, I, I might look at them, but they're certainly not the only ones I'd look at. Um, if you're in uh, Saskatchewan here in, in Canada and you've got a, a business, well, I might look in New York for a comparable business and see how they've managed to win in the in, in search visibility. It doesn't matter where they're at most of the time. It's so, what content has led them to that kind of success.
3: So can we go back to, to what exactly. Oh, sure, from, yeah, no, I'm going to derail you. Cause I want to, <laughs> I want to make sure that we understand and our listeners understand when we've said, talking about authority as it relates to SEO, right. And there's a couple things we have to think about. One is how does a search engine determine authority, right? And how do they use that information? Um, and, and, then we have to understand how do we build it so they can determine it and then use it, right? So what you're talking about is really how do we build it. Am I correct? Kind of. Uh, It's
2: not right now I'm talking about
3: determining what content
2: actually has legs, uh, what has worked for others, and and how to adapt to it and and make it your own um, and and put into a plan. So uh, concepts, but... And figuring out what Google likes, you're kind of doing it by the same
3: token because you're looking at what has worked but, for others. But, but there's authority. There's authority metrics that are not related to content as well. So, um, NAP citations are authority. Are authority builders? Social mentions, brand mentions, are you know not link related on other websites or authority building, Whether whether it's tied to a specific piece of content or not. So while content is important, it's core, not king. Even that's even just. I'd say that's the same in, when it comes to authority. Content is a piece of one of the things you have to do to build authority. But there are other things outside of content that help a build authority for your brand, for your website, tied to, to uh, again, um citations and social or brand mentions on other websites social media activity even though Mueller told us on this very show they don't use it i still think he's just covering because they they have to and they do use it um it's 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 a everybody talked about link building being such a big part of it link building is now a piece of authority building right it's uh, we don't use link building here as a term at all we call it authority building but You know, linking and link building is a big chunk of that, but you have to have the content to link to. So it all intermixes, but I just want to make sure everybody understands when we're talking about content. That's not everything to do with authority. There's lots of other pieces as well. All right. That could have been a point, you know. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> After mine. Anyway, <laughs> just saying it would have been before
3: yours anyway, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. You know what? Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish my statement. I'll have a quick break. But first, um, so when I'm doing these analysis, I'm looking at what content has succeeded. Uh, again, it could be videos. It could be um, uh, could be mentions in a, a local news article. Anything that's showing up as fairly uh, impactful for a person's brand. And then I decide, decide whether or not this is something feasible. Is this something that they could do in-house? Is this something they can match? Um, you know, Obviously, if it's because of, they got a, a listing in a news article, well, maybe that's down the line then. But building that authority now is going to be important. You want to make sure you're doing it with the right content. So many people write, and that's great. Uh, not enough people write, but people do write, and they just don't Think about what really will work. It's not about volume; it's about quality and it's about planning. And uh, I really think uh, you know, I'm pretty passionate about these authority plans because I think it's it's key to knowing what is going to work. Um, and then everything else is fed by this information. Um, it it link. It's it, the reason. Another reason we push it is link building is painful. <laughs> This this has link attraction written all over it. This is the kind of thing that people will link. Kind of people, to do, thing people talk so, about. Social. This explain, is the sort of explain thing.
3: the explain the difference between link building and link attraction, for our one on one listeners.
2: Okay, so link building the uh, the old format of trying to get people to link to you. Well. This is naturally hard because everyone's getting inundated by emails. They're inundated by uh, requests for everything. I mean, uh, Gmail or everywhere is just getting flooded with spam. So it's very difficult nowadays. And and frankly, even on the outset, it was just not the best approach. The best approach is to be so good that people link to you anyway. They find the content compelling. They want to share it with their friends, so they share it socially or they organically linked to it in their websites or anywhere that they have particular access. So I, I do believe that that's the best approach. I got that uh, phrase from our our good friend, David. What's his last name? David Harry, David Harry. Harry and yeah, uh, yeah I, I really appreciate link attraction. I just like the way it's used. Uh, before then, I even mean, then, I think I was using the word authority building, but uh, link attraction just makes way more sense and as a component of that. Um and, and it's, it's, a, it's a great win, right? Uh, you don't have to go out there and gruelingly try to contact people for links. Uh, there might be a component of that when it's really, really important and then you, you know you're not going to get uh, your word out, but uh, link attraction is the best way to go. So uh, we've got more to talk about. Hold on. We'll be right back and we'll talk more about uh, playing with the news and some other options for building authority. SEO
1: 101 will be back right after recess. Do you have cold, hard
0: cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm.
1: Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to cranberryradio at cranberry.fm. online anytime this is cranberry radio cranberry.fm okay class take your seats and no talking recess is over and seo 101 is back in session
2: Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of step Forth Web Marketing, Inc. Now, we're talking about building authority, and I know you sounded like you wanted to mention something to John.
3: No, I was just I was just thinking about, you were talking about link, building versus link attraction, and I was just thinking about the link landscape as a whole across the Internet. Because, you know, 10 years ago when you and I were into this, links was were, was how you found stuff online you go to a search engine and then you follow links and everybody was publishing out there and they were always publishing links links getting a link published somewhere was a lot easier than it is today because people don't publish links as much as they used to people don't share things with links the way they used to now they're sharing it in social media or you know any number of other methodologies so the idea of relying on links as the the link landscape of the internet is probably shrinking, I, it, I know it's not growing at the rate it used to, but it could even be shrinking, is not a real good, you know, long-term authority strategy. And and you know, it's there, there'll always be links, and there will always be part, part, an important part of SEO. Um, but other things are becoming important as well when it comes to this authority building piece. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what that was in my mind because you asked me what I was thinking, and that's what I was thinking.
2: Did I ask you? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> See,
3: you, you asked me to talk and I talked.
2: That's how it works. Um, uh, you know, one of the other tactics I like is playing with uh, current news. What's happening? What's happening in the news? And is there any way for you to play off it to be, you know, uh, to really have a timely article, one that perhaps even the news would want to note um, that would be useful in Harrow. That's help a
3: reporter out. I believe it's Harrow.com. Um, If you can go there, you can sign up. So tied to that, one of the things that we use frequently in our editorial strategies, especially when it comes to the news algorithms, again, just like we talked about earlier with content and not content not being king, if a a news story breaks, every news organization is going to cover it. And everybody's going to basically write the same thing because there's, you know, they know who did what, when and where. Right. Everybody has that same information. They'll word it a little bit differently, but it's all going to be basically the same thing. And so how do you compete when all the news organizations are writing the same thing about the same breaking news story? And the way to do that, and Google is very good about identifying this, is find other other approaches to the story, other side stories that, that are related to the exact same thing. Like if there's a new story about a certain person doing something, right? Everybody's talking about that person who did something in order to get better recognized by Google, talk about how that something impacted that person's mother. Right? Find a related something that's tied into it, but not about the exact same topic, and you'll do very well. And I think what you're trying to say is to do the same before
2: thing. You, you, before you cut in. Yeah. Um <laughs> But well, you did a better job of it. You did a better job of it, so that's all right. <laughs> hey,
3: you're talking. My, you're talking my thing now. You're talking about getting the news.
2: That is true. I realized I should have just had you talk about it. <laughs> it is one of my favorite tactics, though. It's great, you know. If you find that piece of news and you can make it, get a, give it a twist on it, uh, it can do fantastic things for you. It really can. The two tremendous. Want,
3: two things you want to avoid, especially nowadays, is fake news. <laughs> And alternative facts. (laughs) Just avoid those just in in principle,
2: if you would, please. Yes. Yes. Not entirely the same thing, of course. No. Um. (laughs) Oh dear. All right. I can't remember now. You made me blank. Have we done our, our uh...
3: you got to talk about guest posting.
2: Yes. Well, guest posting is, is I I put a question mark there because frankly, it's a hard, hard one to quantify. Um, I do believe it's got benefit, but I, I think that the best way to go about it. Now, first of all, what is guest posting? It's when you get out to um, you either ask to be a, a poster, uh, post a, some content on a particular site that you appreciate and you think it'd be good to have some content on because you like the readership, you think they're they're uh, applicable to your business, um, or you're being asked to do that. Um, it's. I think it's best if you do that, but you do it on a regular basis, create a profile on that site versus just doing a one-off. I think even Matt Cuts mentioned that a while ago, mm-hmm. uh, quite a while ago now, but obviously, but it, it, guest posting is one of those things that is overused in some aspects. Some you know, A lot of sites just have various people just spewing content. I mean, it, it, there's no rhythm to it. There's no person you can get attached to reading. Uh, I think creating that profile is key. What, what were you thinking there, John?
3: Um, You may have heard if you've been in the industry in in a while or you've read stories, there was some controversy about guest posting a number of years ago. Um, And there was a site that was put up called, what was it, My Guest Post or My Guest Blogger or something like that. Um, But basically it was a network of here's a bunch of people that want to write posts and here's a bunch of websites that want guest posters posting on their websites. And they paid fees to the site to connect with each other. Right. And so there was a controversy because this site and this network of of sites tied to this were all hit by Google. And I don't think it was as much because of the tactic of guest posting. I think it was because of the the money that got involved. By paying the site, it became more of a paid tactic, which everybody should know that Google really frowns upon. Um, So keep money out of it. If you're doing guest posting, try to keep money out of it any way you possibly can. But I agree, Ross. I mean, if it's something that you're good at, make sure it's a site – that you're connected to, that's relevant to your um, target, your business, and and that you are a, conti- a contributor, not just a guest, but try to become a regular contributor. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, there you go. Some ideas on how to build authority. There's a lot more to it. You can look online for uh, content ideas of different ways of looking at this, but content ideas. I know there's a few articles out there that give some great ideas, uh, how to build local citations or, or local links, some great content out there on that. Uh, it's it's a big field, a uh, big field under itself. Uh, and it's something that uh, if you ever need any help with, you know what to reach us and uh, we'd love to help out.
3: You know well, what we should do next week? Hmm. Let's continue this one-on-one thing and let's, let's tackle content, not just as a content is king thing, but let's talk about it a little more deeply.
2: Okay. We'll talk about what that means. All right, well. On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm.
3: Thanks for listening, everybody.